0: All right, welcome everybody to the episode four of the third banner pod and the sky is red tonight. Welcome guys. I'm Ash. We've got Kyle, Ross and Connor on tonight. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of positive momentum uh, around basketball and football. A lot to talk about and give our feedback about Uh, women's basketball advancing to the Sweet 16 uh, after just utterly destroying Texas this weekend. Uh, that was pretty awesome to see, especially as somebody that lives in the Austin area. Um, and then also, baseball takes two out of three in the opening weekend against Georgia Tech. Uh, so the baseball team is now up to 18 and two. The Cardinal Nine are up to rank number six in the country in the D1Baseball.com rankings. Uh, so a lot to be excited about right now in Cardinations. So lots to talk about. We'll go ahead and dive right in. And uh, why don't you lead us off,
1: Kyle? Sure, sure. So basketball recruiting is really heating up, as is football recruiting. I I do want to talk about basketball recruiting since we are starting to get into the prime of basketball portal recruiting. And as the tournament concludes, more and more guys are going to enter the portal. So movement-wise, obviously, we had a little over a week. We had Dennis Evans, Sky Clark, and who am I missing? Oh, Trenton Flowers. We had all three of them commit which was great. We talked about that on the last pod. Since the last pod, Jalen Withers has entered the portal, and now we are looking at replacements. So we talked last episode about some of the guys we were wanting to see. I think most of us were in agreement. We want to see – we assume we have three spots left. And with that being said, I think we would need definitely two more guards and then a center – or a center slash power forward type of instant impact guy. At least that's my opinion. I feel like, at least last week, I know Ty agreed with me. And that being said, we do have some guys we've been hearing a lot of noise on. And I'm going to going to go ahead and start with uh, Reese Dixon Waters out of USC. He is a sophomore going into – I believe he's going into his junior season. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. But he is a guy who was the uh, – Sixth man of the year in a Pac-12. So he does have some experience behind him. He is known for defense. He is known for being a spark off of the bench. He can score uh, inside of the inside of the arc pretty well. He His deficiencies that I see are his shooting. His assist to turnover ratio isn't very good. So with that being said, Ross, how do you feel about this as a potential one of the three guys that we are going to land because it sounds like there's a lot of heat or a lot of smoke that we could end up landing him.
2: Yeah. um, You know, I think some people that seem to have been uh, fairly credible of this recent of this past year have mentioned, you know, maybe a guy or two from out west. So he could be though. He could be one of those. Um, I'm certainly not going to – I'm not going to, you know, go stark raving like mad, like I'm super happy, but we need players, man. Like the dude's 6'5", isn't he? I mean, Kenny likes big guards. You know, my thing is, can he dribble the ball, not turn the ball over? And, you know, can he he create at all? The shooting is an issue. I definitely think that based on what we finally started seeing at the end of the year, you know, Kenny's offense wants to – predicate on kicking out and getting open shots so that's you know that would be a worry for me but um you know we we didn't have but really one maybe two guards last year so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like poo-poo the situation either mm-hmm. like I mean I, I'd be for taking him um just because we we need it but I understand that we're kind of in a crunch year with with scollies but there's definitely somebody that I think me and a lot of us all want that's closer to home, so we can we can touch on that. But I, I would take this – you know, I would take this kid if that's where it goes.
3: I mean, he's 6'5", 210. He reminds me of Mike James.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I try to look beyond just the uh, height and weight, but I get what you're saying. I've heard yeah. a couple of people make that comparison – so, I, I don't see know some if he's differences quick enough. In games, but, but I, I, I do, you know, with Mike James, I just want to see Mike James at the three. I think he, he can play guard, but that's not where he's going to reach his maximum potential. At least, not my opinion. So, uh, somebody put uh, Dixon Waters will be classified as a junior, but he has played three years already. So, good to know. Thank you, Doc. Uh, that being said, I'd like to see Mike at the three. I do see what you're saying though, Connor. Uh, There does seem to be a trend in the, the people we've seen so far that he's targeting that seems to me like they can all play the three if they have to. And then we kind of throw them into the one or the two positions, which some people, you know, there's different debates on that. Is that something we should really be doing or should we be going after more natural ones and twos? And there's, If you go on social media, you'll see plenty of people with uh, plenty of opinions on that. But uh, I guess, Ash, what do you think as far as we've got three spots left? What kind of players, especially at the guards, since we all know guards make or break your NCAA tournament runs, if you even get in the tournament to begin with? So Mm -hmm. how do you look at what we're doing and what kind of players would you like to see us going after?
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, what I, I really would like to see is land is a, a, a guy that can handle the ball and then uh, you know, help us break pressure if there's a, you know, a guy that, uh, in case we're facing a team that likes to press a lot, um, that we have multiple options on beating any kind of, any kind of ball pressure, um, and also a guy that can like uh, step out and knock down a three because if you have shooters, that cures a lot of ills, um, you can have a really bad possession offensively, uh, and, and a guy that can that can shoot can bail you out of a lot of bad situations. Uh, much like much much like on the other end of the floor, that like a, a Dennis Evans will do defensively. Um, you know, a bad defensive trip. Uh, if the other team gets to the rim, you know, a, a rim protector back there can can make up for a lot of bad defense. Uh, in the same way, a, a good shooter can really cure a lot of ills for a, an offensive possession that goes awry. Um, and, you know, the other team can play really solid defense, you know, lockdown defense the entire possession. And then all of a sudden at the end of the shot clock, you know, you just got to get a, a guy that can just jack it up there and then, you know, make a crazy shot or something. Uh, so I, I always I always feel like you need the more shooters, the better. So um, that's something that I, I really am looking for.
3: Looking like if for If L's gone, let's just say L's gone. That gives us Sky to be the one, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and so you need another guy in case something happens to Sky, like he's in foul trouble or tweaks an ankle or something. I mean, you got to have another ball handler.
3: Yeah, like we have Hersey, but do we really want to have to rely on Hersey again? We saw how that worked out this year. Yeah, I mean, Her- Hersey would be okay,
2: you know, with, s- with some spot minutes. But that was just the problem with a lot of problem with guys on this team this year. They were forced into roles that they're not really – shouldn't be equipped to to do at this, at this level of the game, you know, I mean, it just is what it is. So yeah, I, like I said, I mean, I, I would take, I would take Dixon waters if, you know, he's, you know, if he's secure with the ball and uh, you know, I, I Honestly, you know, I, 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 want guys that want to get out and run. Like I, I, you know, I want wings. So I want combo guards and I want wings that are looking for outlet passes to get up the floor. I mean, nice. I just, I mean, I just give me, give me some dudes, man. Like I'm just, so I am excited. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, this kid was a six man of the year, mm-hmm. you know, in the pack 12. I mean, he, he averaged almost 10 points a game and, um, you know, I think he was averaging close to, like, four rebounds maybe. And, you know, I don't know what kind of assist turnover ratio he had. But, I mean, to get not six man of a year in the Pac-12, and it was a – I know they haven't fared well in tournament, but, like, Pac-12 was a one of the better conferences this
3: year. It just was, you know. Yeah. So. You don't want to know his assist to turnover ratio. Just trust me. <laughs> well, tell us. It's not
1: great. It's not great.
3: Um, it's one to two. Okay, so
2: some of what we saw this year.
3: <laughs> right,
1: and and that's kind of my hesitancy. I think this is a great player, and I wish we had an extra scholarship. I won't say where I wish that extra scholarship came from right now, but mm-hmm. it's there,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I wish it wasn't there, and I think a lot of people agree that there's one scholarship that we wish we had open right now, and then you could add him as – a spark off the bench and still potentially get somebody a couple of people really nice to to put in the backcourt and and that compliments sky Clark as well. So I look at the guys that we're targeting. I'm not seeing a whole lot of, I, I see some potential. Obviously Kenny knocked it out of the park with the 23 class. He closed so strong on that. Who saw that coming? I mean, nobody saw that three or four weeks ago. It looked dead in the water. And then here we come, so that's impressive. But those twenty three guys, that's like you really hey, the want your Bob roster to have some young guys. Not be a
2: new,
1: right, right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Uh, so you want your roster to have some guys that are young and, and can develop into great players, but you also want to have instant impact players, especially at the guard position. And that's where we're at now. And I'm looking at the guys that we're in on, and they all kind of have a a pattern where they can create shots for themselves, but I'm not seeing where they create a lot of shots for others. And I'm looking at all the guys we, we're in on right now. And we'll go over some of those other names as well. I'm not seeing it. And then I'm also seeing that shooting could be a problem, shooting behind the arc. And so what 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 other teams normally do, what, good, what well-coached teams normally do against a team like this is they just jam the lane. They just pack it in and they force you to beat them outside. So that, that could be an issue. It's something to think about. I do think we're on the right track. I think we're in on more names than we have been on this time last year. And we don't know how it's going to end. But I do think you have to have at least one sharpshooter as a guard, whether they're coming off the bench or starting, and you have to have one guy who can actually run the offense and is a, is a great distributor of the basketball. Otherwise, you're going to get a bunch of one-on-one and a bunch of turnovers. Does that sound familiar? I, I think we all kind of remember a team that's done that recently.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I think too. I don't want to I don't want to downplay the ability for having guys out there on a perimeter that can get their own shot too, though, because mm-hmm. if you can get your own shot and break down the defense and get in the lane that is going to get the defense moving and it's going to create opportunities naturally for your other guys. Depends on, you know, it comes, once it gets to that, it depends on, do you have a guy that has the ball in their hands that has the vision to see it, has the IQ to know it's going to be there before they do what they do and has a great enough understanding of the offense and can they make the pass? You know, so, you know, at that point, you're talking about, you know, obviously, you're talking about more complete players, and you know, I, I think that those are things that can be taught. Um, but it's good to have that essential skill in the beginning of breaking down guys off the dribble, like that. That that can create on on its own. So and
3: here's here's my other thought. What have we seen in the tournament? We've seen older guards that can get downhill and distribute the ball. Yep. What, what do we not have? Older guards that can distribute the ball. Sky yep. played, what, 12 games this year? 13 maybe? He yeah. doesn't, have He doesn't have that experience that we need in the tournament. We need those guys that are in the portal that have played two to three years and have that D1 experience. Or if yeah, we could somehow,
0: I, some way – if there was just somehow, some way we could get L to come back another year. I, I think that, um, you know – I've heard a lot, of, a lot of other folks say that, uh, you know, they saw a lot of bad defense and things like that. But you know what? Uh, we had a lot of – he was making up for a lot of other people on the court too. So um, I think being surrounded by a, a more talented overall cast of, uh, of teammates might help him a little bit uh, in that regard, and uh, and on both sides of the, the court. Um, and I think with somebody with his athleticism and his ability and talent level, I think that if there was any way that we could get L to come back another year, him and Sky in the backcourt together would be a pretty good combination, in my opinion.
3: He was also playing forty minutes a game, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about you know. uh,
2: I think that's what we need too. Like uh, I think Connor brings up a good point, and I think you do too, Ash. Like I would gladly take L back this coming year. You know, like I don't. Overall, I mean, L had it was on a very bad team, but L grew as a player this year. Like he really did. You know, I think we saw him start to figure things out by the end of December and he's in um, then conference play really started kicking off. And we, as more game take came on, you started seeing teams defending him a little bit differently. And you saw that assist to turnover ratio start to drop a little more. Again, he started to turn the ball over more, but I think by the end of the season, he had adjusted again, you know, and he started taking what defenses were giving him again. So um, I think L really grew as a player. Um, I'm with you 100% Connor that sky cannot be relied upon just because he is very talented. We cannot put him in a position uh, to me, what it almost would be like to fail I think people are going to have these really high expectations of him and he's going to come in and he could struggle for a little bit and that could, mm. you know, that could go the wrong way. So, um I really would love, you bring up a great point like we need veteran guards. We need somebody that he's not going to be the guy that is running everything. We need somebody else that's got that ability to do that already and has proven that elsewhere.
3: Man, he's got to learn. He's got to fail before he does what? anything. Right. Let's talk about
1: L a little bit because some stuff came out today. Obviously, L announced his intention to test the NBA waters, which doesn't surprise any of us. But it was what I saw within the article written about L testing the waters that I found interesting. So when he first after the season ended, he first said, I am probably going to test the NBA waters. And if I don't go pro, I'm coming back to Louisville. Well, that's. Since changed, he's now said, I am open to the idea of coming back to Louisville or entering the transfer portal if I do not test the NBA or if I do not go to the NBA after testing the water. So he will test the waters no matter what, but the change is he's now open minded to entering the transfer portal. And what we're starting to hear is it could be an ACC school that we have to compete against for his services. And it sounds like from, I know on Rivals, they, um, Ty Spalding, he, he said he's hearing NC State. Uh, I actually heard somebody else say, Hey, NC State. So that sounds to yeah. me like who it is. And maybe we'll they got it. that from Ty. I don't know, but it just seemed funny because he, it wasn't long. It, it was like they both said it about the same time. And they said it's NC State. But Ty didn't come out and say that. He just said it was a North Carolina ACC school not the big two. So I guess you could say Wake for us. I highly doubt it. And then the other person said it's NC State. And so it sounds to me like even if L comes back, so then you get into this this dilemma where it's like, hey, what are we going to do? Are we going to wait it out? And potentially, because if, if you told me, well, L is either going to NBA or he's going back to Louisville, that's it. I think it's less risky. There's still risk involved in waiting it out but there is more risk to me when now he is considering other schools and and entering the portal now if you wait and he said he's going to take his time and i don't know it just i get the impression that he's not coming back here and so the the question i have for you guys is do we just move on so we can get a guy in that spot so we're not left holding the bag
0: well my first curiosity is because we're in a kind of a a, a little bit of a new world um, well, you kind of have to think about what professional athletes might've said in, in these type of situations where they're nearing free agency and that kind of thing. Um, in that is L saying these things, trying to up his NIL offers, is he trying to get somebody to basically drop a bag to keep him here?
3: Didn't somebody say NC state was dropping 250?
0: I heard rumors on that, but I—I mean, nothing. I don't think there's been anything substantiated about that.
3: It's not a recruiting inducement. (laughs) I
1: actually kind of trust the person that that said that. Uh, It's funny, me and him have butted heads quite a bit, but it seems like we're on the same page more often than not now. But uh, and that's somebody that's on the message boards as well. But who knows? I do think there is some smoke to the NC State whether it's 250k on the table or not. It does sound like that is a. Potential
3: option. Well, so wasn't that, being, that an option last year? Wasn't it you was. thinking about going to NC State last year? Yeah, I think it was.
1: And then Jonathan writes, can KP break the habits that L created this year to be more of a team player next year? Uh that's if L comes back, I assume. Uh, I would hope. And if, if he doesn't come back, back I would hope he just lands somebody that doesn't have the same <laughs> issues. And I think that's that's a big thing in a portal. So well, I,
2: I, I, I mean, I think I think if we had some, if we had some, dagum shooters on this team, L's assist to turnover ratio would have been a hell of a lot better this year. I mean, yeah,
1: I don't disagree with that.
2: I well, mean, he- I, I think I think he showed at times he was very capable of of distributing the ball. Like I I think he grew as a player a lot this year. I agree. so I mean I don't yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that you have teams within the conference supposedly rumored coming wanting to get him because the dude can, like we were talking about earlier, the dude can break down a defense. He can get to the rack. Like, he can get there, and he'll score. Like, he'll finish through contact, too, at times. And he can get to the line. He's a valuable asset. And you could only think that he'd possibly be even better if he's not playing 37 and a half minutes a game. You know, you get his minutes down to 32 where it needs to be. I mean, his production might actually go up, you know. And he's got dudes
3: around him. If he has dudes around him, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. He averaged what, like, I'm just throwing a number out there, 20 in conference. I know know at one point I thought it was over that, yeah. On a very bad team with very bad um, help. Imagine if he went to a team that had help.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of where I was gonna I was gonna go somewhere that like <laughs> will probably make a lot of people turn and turn their stomach a little bit. Um, but if you guys remember when Andre McGee was coming out of high school, uh, he played on a really bad high school team, um, and a lot of the uh, analysts and, and speculation about him when he was coming out of high school was that he was a selfish player um, and, and that he forced too many bad decisions and that kind of thing. But, I remember uh, that. But whenever the the coaching staff was interviewed before the season, a lot of what they said was it was only because he was the only option on his team uh, coming out of high school. And as soon as he started playing at UFL, he was more of a, a ball distributor and that kind of thing. He didn't really force the the issue, you know. Once he got here, and there were other guys that could play that he could trust around him, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about with L as if he gets more, uh, more talented guys around him, uh, then you might see him, you know, being more willing to, to get other guys involved in that kind of thing. So that, that's kind of where I was going with that,
3: but sorry McFarlane, to bring up a guy like
0: Andre. <laughs> so I'm glad as chat, the chats-
3: said about Lamar. It was Lamar Jackson, and a bunch of dudes. It was L Ellison, and a bunch of dudes. This year. That's true.
1: So I like yeah. how the chat's talking about McKnight, because that's actually what I wanted to talk to you guys about next. Davion McKnight out of Western Kentucky yesterday. He put his name in the portal. I am surprised that he didn't make the list for recruiting analysts. Two different ones had the same schools on there. But the thing about local guys is you get a lot of connections to them through family that see them every day. I have heard, and I know Ross has, that we have reached out. We have contacted him. Now, what I will say is something's not adding up to me about this because it sounded like before he put his name in, if you would have asked three weeks ago, he was definitely – well, I won't say definitely. There's no such thing as definitely. But he was as close to certain as possible. He was coming here from all indications. And then all of a sudden, Sky Clark noise picks up, which which I'm still a little confused because Sky Clark has been a guy that's also been rumored to be coming here. So this isn't news, and all of a sudden he commits here, and now you're starting to hear pushback not only from Travis Branham, Travis Graf, but also there, there's little camps that are saying, well, you know, he's a little bit nervous about playing time. You just start hearing these things, and something just doesn't seem to be adding up to me. And, and it's just weird we weren't mentioned in the list of schools, even if we did contact them. Why weren't we listed by multiple recruiting analysts who are on separate networks? And they have the same list of schools. Maybe he released the same information to both of them. I don't know. It just seems odd, and I don't know what you guys think about that. And then also, if you guys really want him here, what do you guys think?
2: Um, I, I again, I want guys that can create. I want guys that have proven that they can do it on a on a you know, I don't want to say a bigger stage, but. You know, they can do it. I think McKnight's got a pretty good track record. I think I like what I've seen uh, from him when we played against him. He absolutely lit us up this year, even though we won. Um, You know, I, I think that he's a guy that could be a valuable asset here. Again, I think maybe the missing piece maybe, you know, is that is he a guy that you can rely upon to give him the ball and run the show?
3: Mm-hmm. Is he that
2: type of player or is he not like, I what think he- he's more of a comp. I think he's more of a compliment player. Like I'm still looking for that guy yeah. where, where you're like, man, give that dude the ball. I feel confident with him. And like, I don't just, I don't feel un- unconfident with McKnight having the ball in his hands. I don't, mm-hmm. I, 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 question whether he can run an offense. Um, mm-hmm. I think there is something to uh, the, the, the PT and the, the guards. But I think more importantly is I think that there's teams that have had more success this past year um, and those programs, their names and their coaches have a little bit more to sell than KP at the moment. Um, I don't, again, I think that we have had contact with him. I think that there might be a little bit of um, a wait and see maybe from both camps, both from U of L and, and from McKnight's camp as well, um, you know I, I I think that that that's kind of where we're at. So I I hope that we're not slow playing McKnight at all. I hope that I hope that's not the case because um, okay. we could use him. But again, I'm I'm looking for who is that guy that we're going to put the rock in his hand? And he's going to run it. You know, I, I I would love to have McKnight though. I would.
3: And didn't he play more of a two at Western? Yeah. We we need a one. We don't we don't need any more twos and threes. We need a we need another backup one. Hell, maybe even starting one. That way we don't have to throw Scott Clark in there day one.
1: I, I do I, think he's a great player. I'll say that. I think I don't think that's what anybody's saying. Uh a little bit about him. I've watched a lot of him. He's a very downhill player. He is not a uh finesse guy, he's not a guy who has like flashy athleticism. He is a guy who is deceptively fast, though, but it's straight line fast. He's very strong. He's finished yeah. strong through contact. Very heady player. From all accounts, he's a gym rat, good kid, good family, and could be a very positive asset to the team. The problem is I'm looking at if we take this Sticks and Waters, which there's a lot of smoke we're taking, like he's very interested in that we are going to take this guy. That leaves you two open spots. I think we all, like I said at the beginning, I think we're all kind of thinking we we need one more big guy. I'm talking not a wing, but like a power four slash center type. Churchill boss. Churchill boss. That's hope we get into him too, but as far as McKnight goes, I think if we didn't have Dixon Waters appearing to come, if we had an extra scholarship on top of that, obviously he does want playing time, so that could be an issue. But yeah, he would be a great second guard, I just, yeah, like Ross said, it's like we really need a guy like a, it doesn't have to, I say Peyton Siva, we're not going to get that in the portal, there's only, there's very few Peyton Sivas, (laughs) but we need somebody in that type of role, they may not be Peyton Siva, but we need somebody, we always knew we could rely on that man to initiate an offense, to get others involved, to create not only for themselves, but for all those other players on the court, and I'm just not seeing a whole lot of names yet that match that description, but it's Uh early. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping because we've started stronger than last time that we're not going to fall into this getting left at the altar with empty bags again with the guards like we did last year. So I'm with you, Ross. I'm with you, Connor. I'm with you, Ash. I think we need a a handler out there. What we need
3: is we need a guy that will accept the role off the bench, to play 15, 20 minutes a game, get us six points, four assists, and two rebounds a game. That's that up.
0: doesn't come off the portal very easily. No, <laughs> no that yeah, doesn't that's the, the reason.
1: I'm hoping yeah. Dixon Waters is that guy, not six points. I'm hoping he's that guy just like he was at USC, but the argument would be unless he's getting a huge NIL bag, the argument would be, well, then why wouldn't he just stay at USC? And that's a valid argument because they just made the tournament and he got a lot of clock in that game. So my guess is he's not coming here for that. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. But Connor, you mentioned Churchill, Churchill boss. And I, I think that that is the guy that we need on this team from a mentality standpoint. I want him more than anybody. And I understand the most pertinent need is a point guard. I get it. Uh, we also need a mentality change. And and I do not make Louisville player comparisons very often to current players. I don't like to compare them to former players, but in the highlights I've seen, and there aren't a ton because he's the NBA Africa Academy. It's different out there. You have a harder time getting a lot of footage out there. But from what I've seen, he reminds me so much of Montrez Harrell. And I'm not saying he will be that good. Montrez Harrell is a champion. He, was was huge for us in, in a multitude of games. He has arguably the best play in the history of Louisville basketball. You could def, at worst, it's like top three. At worst, it's work. my
0: favorite sports play of all time.
1: It, yeah, it, it is insane <laughs> that play. And we all know the alley oop uh, yeah. put us up one after we were getting smoked. Luke Hancock hits the four threes, then they steal the ball and the big oop.
3: But that's someone else we need to a knockdown shooter.
1: And obviously we know he's been an NBA. He's been a solid role player. He doesn't take crap from anybody. He take, he take, he's not afraid of anybody. And I, I even watched an interview with Churchill, a boss that just reminded me, he said something in an interview about, look, my whole goal is to dunk the ball and nobody's going to stop me. He said, I'm going to dunk it every single time. And if you've watched his minimal highlights he has such an explosive first step. I mean, I'm really excited thinking about the possibility of that man. I think he can be an instant impact player. I think he can change the entire mentality. I don't think he's—he's he's the kind of guy like there's some guys who have some dog in them, but if they get around the wrong people, that's going—they're going to like become like camouflage. They're going to mask themselves, and, and and they're going to lose that dog. He's the kind of guy I think, and I could be wrong. But I think he's the kind of guy that he has that dog in him, and everybody else is going to have to have that dog in them. Or he—he's like a a Jimmy Butler an NBA type. Like, don't even come on the
2: basketball court if you're going to be—he's going to make you elevate your game it's, if you're going to be out there with him.
1: Absolutely, Ross, and that's a good way to paraphrase it. So I don't know if you guys are looking at anybody else in that I'm, position. That's. I'm, I'm right really, there with
0: you. I, I've been singing a boss's praises uh as long as you have, I feel like. Uh I think you and I have been talking about him in the Discord like crazy for the last, you know, couple of months or whatever. Two months, yeah. But uh and somebody else made the comparison uh to Eric Hicks and all the uh other old heads out there like me will remember that Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric was an absolute beast at Cincinnati for Bob Huggins. Um and, and that's the type of guy that I really And, you know, I really think that that could really help our team uh, because Mm -hmm. of the fact that when you have a guy out there who's not afraid to be physical and and mix it up inside, uh, you know, throw elbows, uh, go hard at the rim, you know, with uh, ferocity, that raises the intensity level of everybody else on the court because everybody sees that and it just everybody feeds off of that kind of uh, physicality and energy. Um, and I think that that's something that our team has kind of lacked over the last couple of years Absolutely. at times. Uh, and so I think that that kind of player it would bring so much to our team. So if, if we could find a way to bring in a boss, uh, and I'm not sure how you say his name, a bass, a boss, uh, or however you pronounce it, but if we could find, find out if
3: he shows he, up, baby,
2: a <laughs> hey, hey, boss man,
1: yeah, bring
0: him in
2: and, and bring in you a, want, a point, man. Just co- just
1: commit to Louisville. And just jam on some people, yeah. There. yeah. Jonathan asked about or said we need a Marquise Noel. Yeah, that, I would take that in a heartbeat. Right. I don't think Kenny Payne's going going to recruit a, a guard under six foot five. <laughs> but Marquise Noel's like, <laughs> hey, that's
2: that. That's that little guy, isn't it? Isn't that what oh, somebody yeah. called him?
1: Yeah. The little guy. Him mm-hmm. Little guy. How yeah. small is AJ Johnson with Texas? I haven't heard anything either, Jonathan. I have no idea.
3: So I have a question. I want to know why a certain leader of the mafia tweeted the picture of a boss today.
1: Hmm. I didn't see that. I don't know. I hope it's not just trolling. Some of those guys do a lot of clickbait, and I'm not going to say who, but they do. So I'm hoping it wasn't anything, anything like that. But
2: we'll see.
1: Sure. That's who it I would want. be.
2: It would be nice, and to throw into that uh, Eric Hicks uh, comparison, you know, I, you know, another just to go back to, you know, uh, UC players, uh, Jason Maxiel.
0: Yeah, that's another um, one. Actually, he might be a better comparison in my yeah. opinion. Than yeah, I think Eric he Hicks. is
2: because Maxiel had the explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he
0: could dunk with the best of them. Maxiel could.
2: Yeah, he could. And he had a that's long. That's actually wing. really good he had a long wingspan too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, there's a reason that the the Pistons wanted him once he, you know, he got up there, you know, back up, uh, Ben Wallace, but, um, you know, I, you know, there's a boss has got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, I there's, it's so weird seeing the international players, you know, how much they've changed the game, uh, already and how much they're going to continue changing the game you know the international players and the big men that have come from international waters have completely reformed the uh, center position the five spot but then you've got a lot of guys coming out of Africa that are kind of like almost throwbacks in a way you know I wouldn't say that they're shooters by any mean but they can certainly stretch the floor and you know, uh, guard away from their positions because they're so long. And, you know, uh, I, I had another comparison like, he, you know, uh, uh, Bismack Biambo. Um, you know, that's that, you know, that's another one. I I always liked that dude coming out, uh, you know, when he was drafted, um, you know, I don't think his career has been quite as good as I thought it would be. But, you know, he's another guy that's been a very, uh, very good player, you know, but that. Bismack Bionbo is the type of guy. If you got him in college, God, he would have been a monster. You know, just I mean, an absolute devastator. So, you know, I I think a four uh, in time can be very good uh, as well. Uh, I don't want to undersell him. I I really like the motor that I saw out of what four games from a four. That kid was very green, but he had a way of handling himself out there, and he didn't play scared. You know, so um, I think there is a different mentality coming from, you know, kids coming out of Africa. They've kind of had life a little bit different. So they're – that dog in them and that hunger is a little different.
1: Ty Ty Elliott mentioned, which Ty – it's the same Ty It's usually on here with us. So Ty mentioned Damian Dunn and Khalid Battle. They're both at Temple. I did see – I did hear Rutherford on one of his podcasts recently say that he's hearing in NCAA circles – that we lead for Khalif battle. I have not heard that anywhere else. I hope that's true, because that that's that's your shooter right there. Now his numbers went down a little bit from three this year. I think he was like thirty five or thirty six percent, but all you better than anybody we
3: battle. got. Yeah, yeah. I true just want to know how shifty
1: he is. True and exact. I was about to say that. Yeah, he's a guy who catches it. Like he will come off of a screen and just throw it up. He makes shots that are. I mean you can't give him you know what it reminds me of and he's not as good of a shooter as kyle korver but it reminds me the way he runs around he's a more athletic version of a kyle korver and he 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 can pop the three from anywhere and then he can also create his own shot now he also runs into the problem he is a he's more of a two he's more of a shooting guard so we're only going to fill probably one more of those positions uh but Ty, I'm with you. That would be great. Damian Dunn would be great. I haven't heard anything about us with him though. Um, and then I did want to talk about a couple of other guys real quick. Uh, Keyshawn Hall is a guy that keeps coming up. I know we've reached out. He's a UNLV. He he wants to play guard. Uh, he is like six foot seven, two hundred fifty pounds. He's an interesting an interesting guy as far as a prospect. I'm not sure I think he fits our team very well, and and the reason why is I think if we had a couple of, of solid ball handlers that were guards already on the roster, impact guards, and then you put him at the wing, and we needed a wing, his skill set, because for a wing, he has great ball handling skills, and he can do things most wings cannot. But because we're stacked at the wing position, I, I, I don't see it. I'm not, I'm not seeing – where he fits in our roster because he doesn't have a good assisted turnover ratio. His weight has been a problem. He has actually dropped to 250 pounds, believe it or not. I think he was closer to 270 is what I think I read on his Twitter, if not somewhere else. And then the other guy, which we were told we reached out to, but I don't know how serious it is, is Garway Duel who was at Providence, yeah. and then they had a coaching change. Now, that's a guy. He's a freshman in the 23
2: class. I was just getting ready to bring him up.
1: He is an interesting one, and I, I wouldn't mind him. Now, he's going to take time to develop, and his shooting is a problem at, right now. His shooting form is so it, – it's really awkward, though, his foot placement. But the man – or the, the kid is an athlete. He is very athletic. And I think he would be a really good defender, a lockdown defender if he put in the work, but then he can work on a shot. And I think I wouldn't mind taking him. I yeah. I like
2: guy. how, I like how long and rangy he is, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you. I think he could be an absolute problem, uh, defending coming, you know, switching off screens. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'd be able to switch coming off a lot. Of, like, you know, you, he, he'd be able to defend, um, and I do like his athleticism. My the big thing I've seen from him was that he looks very right hand dominant. Um, so uh, he, I, again, we've seen enough players this year and last year players that cannot dribble the ball. Uh, I I want players that can dribble the ball and handle the rock with both hands confidently, uh, in traffic in the lane. Um, so. But again, we didn't have any guards really. So pickers can't be choosers, I guess. So uh, he's got a lot to work with. That's for sure.
3: Well, when your Twitter s- says that you're a big guard, you know, whenever you label yourself as something, that usually means it's not true.
1: Well, who knows? And uh, this, you know, everybody's got a nickname. I don't mind that part. I don't know. We'll see. I did. We talked a lot about basketball recruiting, but well, I'm really before, impressed.
2: I was going to say, sorry, before we switch off. Since you brought big guards, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Trenton Flowers. Okay, I do want to talk about Trenton Flowers. Trenton okay. Flowers, I think, is the real deal. Um, All right, I'm Tom getting. Over. Hey, I don't know if. Uh, shout out to to Ethan and Louisville Sports Live for getting. Uh, uh, Trenton and his dad on tonight oh, and um, interviewing them. I don't know if anybody heard that if you hadn't go check it's that been, out.
1: It's good interview. Um,
2: but the kid's really confident and I think he's got a lot of swagger. Um, again, something that we're needing on this team. We need we need some we need some we need some dudes and he reclassified and his his recruiting ranking actually I think went up reclassifying into you know an earlier class. So, um, wow. he, he compared himself to a Jason Tatum, um, is exactly who he said he is. And I think that's, a, you know, a lot of people have made that comparison. Um, you know, I, I could see it, um, but. I, I, if he was somebody that you're saying like, he's going to start and he's like your third ball handler on the floor, I feel very confident, you know, uh, as you're talking about earlier about guys that can break presses and handle pressure and get the ball up the floor. Um, Flowers talked about how, you know, he was six foot six one and uh, he went through a major growth spurt. So he still got all these guard skills, you know, kind of reminds of somebody else, you know, somebody
3: down the road. I don't Hell know if yeah. you knew,
2: but I don't know if you knew, but Anthony Davis grew nine inches yeah. in summer of his senior year. You know, if if none of us ever heard that before, but that sounds like a similar story with Flowers and sure. um, you know, guys that are kind of tweeners like that. Uh, you know, he doesn't look at himself as a tweener; he looks at himself as a big guard. And I, I will say, he looks like he can handle the ball. So, getting a great vibe from him, I'd be. I think he's going to be an outstanding player for us.
0: Well, you, don't have found to be a traditional, you don't have to be the traditional, you know, six, two, you know, point guard to be your primary ball handler or the guy that breaks the pressure or anything like that. We've seen even a, if we don't want to go down to the blue belly route, but if we look at our own backyard, I mean, we've seen uh, in the past guys like, you know, Francisco Garcia be the primary ball handler uh, that were you know, a six, eight, six, seven, six, eight type guy. Um, I mean, heck, even uh, – I can't remember which year it was, but there there was the one year where David Padgett was the guy that kept giving the ball whenever other teams were putting on pressure because he'd be open right there uh, around the half-court circle and they passed yep. him and he dribbled across. Um, not that he was the primary ball handler for that, but it, it's just one of those examples of a different guy that, uh, you know, brought the ball across half-court uh, when there was yeah, pressure. Yeah, and you could,
2: trust, you could trust to not turn over the ball because he had basketball instincts, he had high basketball IQ, and he had good vision. And yeah. he's 6'10", 6'11". He could see over everybody. Right.
1: <laughs> right so I, I got a comp that I know how everybody feels about Indiana fans. But my brother-in-law, he, he's seen a lot of Trenton Flowers highlights. And he said, well, what about Brandon Miller at Alabama? And I had to sit and think about it.
0: Hopefully he can shoot as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the court. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. So – That would be the the thing is Brandon Miller is a very good shooter, but I actually even started going back and watching old Brandon Miller highlights, especially from high school. And I think that's the best comp I've found. Now, obviously everybody has an opinion, but I've heard a few names thrown out there. Paul George, Jason Tatum, Paulo Banchero. I'm, I'm not sure. Like it just seemed, but, for me, that was the one, and and I was watching his old highlights, and I was like, man, that really does, that really does resemble the way Flowers looks, uh, and and if if he can become that type of player, work on his three point shooting, uh, that that would be great. Uh, so yeah, Trenton Flowers, I don't know how much he can do in his first season, but he definitely has the tools there. Uh, so that means I,
2: I think he's going to be the anomaly, man. I'm I'm getting a good feeling about him. I really am. I think he's going to be the anomaly that reclasses, and it's going to work out exactly the way we we want it to and we need it to.
1: Well, I'll
0: tell I you think he's going to have a
2: big year.
1: I'll tell you what I have a good feeling about is football recruiting right now. It's a breath of fresh air. Now basketball recruiting is going well, but it just feels like there's this pressure to hey, we have to fill this roster out. We have to be able to make the tournament. But when I look at football recruiting and the visitors we've had this week and continue to host and names keep popping out of left field, I'm just – I'm beyond impressed.
3: Uh, Bron is doing Jody, work. The kid that Jody just retweeted, Chase on Clark, 2024 Army All-American, 6'3", linebacker, tight end. First he team all he tweeted
0: a little bit – a couple hours ago, uh, the defensive lineman – uh, that dude looked impressive. All the guys from Ohio that they were talking about that were in this week. Um, to me, that was really exciting news because, uh, to me, whenever we were we've been really going, we always highlight the Florida kids and the Georgia kids. Right. But we've always supplemented those rosters. Our best teams always had a lot of, uh, also had a lot of guys from Ohio. Um, when you think about the different teams that we've had, where you know we supplemented guys like you know Wood and different guys like that on the lines from Ohio. Uh, they've always been really good, and their their high school football out there is really good. So, you know, Charlie and Bobby both recruited Ohio, in addition to Florida and Georgia and those southern states. So, uh, seeing the, the Ohio names really was something that I was that stood out to me.
2: Well, yeah. and I would I would love I lo- I would love to get a, you know, I, I think we've always been good about recruiting the Cincinnati and the surrounding Cincinnati area and Northern Kentucky. Um, but getting up in Central Ohio and Northeast Ohio, um, I don't remember us ever having a big focus. But somebody that team down the road, they've got a big focus on recruiting those areas up into Western Pennsylvania and the Southern Michigan. Um, I, there is definitely talent up there, and there's a lot of it to be had. Um, it's good. It's good recruiting grounds and fertile recruiting grounds to be a part of. Um, so, uh, I will say with that that Chase and Clark that you uh, you brought up, um, you know, you said he's linebacker slash tight end. I mean, that just screams athlete, you know. Um, I you always bring him, you know, like kids a kids a player. Obviously, he's got the accolades uh, early to go with it already. So. Um, it's nice to have uh, options like that for sure, and uh, you're not wrong, uh, Kyle. That the the juice flowing around football and in the momentum, it's it's just different. Even uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Hudson and uh, Destel even commented on that yesterday when they were interviewed. They just said that there's, you know, they didn't come right out and say it, but they said that you can tell that there's just a different approach with a lot of these guys having the local ties. There's just something else there extra that the, maybe the last staff didn't have. And, um, you know, the heart, the heart's there. So they, they know what Louisville can be, where we've been, you know, and where we can go. It's people that truly believe in the mission statement of, you know, the school and the fan base, you know, we, you know, we, when we're on our game, man, we're not a we're not a program teams want to see. I'm
3: sorry. I'm so, gonna quote this. Jack is legit. Having the offensive line we do and the weapons on the outside in the backfield will be special. That, that was your that was your boy Hudson.
1: Yep. Good. So, so I want to talk about some of these visitors that we we've had or people that we may get visiting. Names we're hearing. I'll start with the uh, Utah State linebacker because we desperately need help there. That is arguably our most thin position on the football field right now. I think I've got his name right. This is the wildest last name I think I've ever seen in my life. But his name is A.J. Vongfashon. And do not ask me to spell that. I have a better chance of winning the Mega Millions than I do, of spelling that off the top of my head or being able to – eloquently read it from a piece of paper but he had 101 total tackles and very fundamentally sound player i was watching a lot of he had some mic'd up videos he seems like an infectious personality in the locker room that's the impression i get always smiling carrying on but on a football field he's a hitter he's a player and i i would love for us to land a guy like that uh, i don't know i know there's a Somebody on the message boards who is very connected, they've been connected for the better part of two decades, and they're not one that posts a lot or says a whole lot, and, and they're very humble. They're not the kind that's like, hey, look at me. I know all this stuff. Like, you know, those kind. There's plenty of those, and some of them aren't even real insiders. But this guy is very plugged in. He told us to look out for a very big football like player coming to Louisville, and I'm hoping that it was this guy He did not say who, he did not elaborate, but I would love for it to be him. Uh, I know we are still, we still haven't heard anything on Beanie Bishop as far as committing here. He was once a strong Louisville lean, but I know Dave Lackford actually responded to me on Rivals and told me that West Virginia has gotten involved with an NIL offer. And that's what sounds like it's holding it up, so... I don't know. He's a great player out of Minnesota, was projected to be a starter. We we do need another cornerback, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you have to, you know, get your bag while you can, so that's what players are trying to do. I hope he comes here in the end. Uh, that being said, there were some visitors I really want to talk about. We have – Camarion. Camarion. I'm going to get into Camarion. Camarion yeah. Franklin. Big Cam is what they call him. Uh a four-star edge we had we're we're expected to to see Jaden ball he's a four-star athlete cameron beavers a four-star 323 pound defensive tackle d'angelo barber four-star linebacker jody just apparently tweeted that there's another four-star guy that connor just talked about i want to talk a little bit about some of these guys i'm going to start with Kamarion Franklin. I don't know why, but Big Cam, I get a feeling we are going to be one of the final schools. And I want this guy bad. I watched his film. I watched a ton of his film. He can play with, with his hand down or he can stand uh, and, and rush with his hand up. Either one. And he his swim move is nasty. I mean, this dude is disgusting. He, I sw- If you get... Big Cam, and T.J. Capers on defense together. And I'll get into Cameron Beavers as well, the defensive tackle. He's next. You're next, Cameron, but I'm on Big Cam right now. So if we get Kamari Franklin, T.J. Capers, oh, my God. Like, dude, Dabble Sweeney is going to be leading Bible study, but it's just going to be him locked in a corner crying, praying for the end times because he would rather see hell rain down on earth and be saved than have to deal with Louisville's defense. Clawson at Wake Forest, he's already crying. He's already called the ACC up, the headquarters. He's complaining. He's crying. He's like, they can't do this. This isn't fair. He always has to have something to cry about. So why not cry about this? Like, we are going to rain rough shed on all of you. And I'm not even going to get in that fat freak down there in the bluegrass. We're going to rain on you anyway. But if we get these guys, it's over because these are the guys I look at, like a, like a big cam. I look at this guy and I think, like I see these guys on Clemson, on Alabama, on Georgia. Georgia. I'm like, these guys are are freaks. They have to be roided up, and they're just they look like of Jeep off the Halo. I mean, come on, he man. Went to- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look like Master Chief. It's like, dude, how do you even look like that,
3: you freak? You look like you're, you're 18 years old. Like, damn.
1: But that's the kind of guys we're
2: getting to visit. Be at
3: least 30.
1: That's the kind of guys we're getting to visit. And Cameron Beavers, this is the last one. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. He is a 323 pound defensive tackle. The man is telepathic. He knows when the centers are snapping the ball. As soon as the ball just flinches, he's in your backfield. You can't even hand the ball off. That dude's already sacked you. He's taking your shoulder pads off, your butt naked sitting there. I mean, the dude is fast. You talk about Muhammad Ali saying he turned the lights out and he was in the bed before the room was dark. Are you kidding me? You're not as fast as Cameron Beavers. I mean, the dude's got to be juiced up on something. To be 323 pounds moving the way he does. If you have not watched his film and you're a recruiting guy, you're already in the wrong. You should have already watched it, but go – Drop everything you're doing after the after the pot is over, of course. Yeah, after. Go Come on, watch this, dude. Well, hit the like and subscribe button you guys too. Go ahead. I'm I'm all I'm off of it. You guys go ahead. Turners notifications
2: Listen. on. So you know, I, I think a last uh, one of our last coaches, defensive coaches, said that just found that players that were over 300 pounds couldn't move like that at the defensive tackle position it just wasn't possible
3: He all wanted him to be 280 like
2: yeah you want to be 280 because you know when I see that you get the 300 pounds you you can't you can't do the things that I demand of you in, my, in our scheme uh meanwhile you know George is just going down there and butt slapping everybody with just dudes and we saw Alabama doing it before Georgia and Clemson had dudes and yeah, it's like we've never watched football before because these guys don't exist at all.
3: Ever. So you're telling, so you're telling me if uh, Jalen Carter told Scott Satterfield, "I'm coming to Louisville," Scott would say <laughs> no because he's over three hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, no, not, can't play here. Can't play here. Yeah,
2: and it, well, and it wasn't Scott. I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll give Scott that at least, but Scott allowed that to happen. But it wasn't Scott that said it. It was our last defensive coordinator. And I will fall back on that every time. I remember exactly where I was when I heard him say it. I know where he was when he said it. He was backside at Churchill Downs doing radio uh, with local radio station. And I will never forget that. And I couldn't believe he even said it. And I said, this is more indication. This is not what I want to hear. But anyways, go ahead. I I digress. I mean, that that drives me nuts. I I couldn't believe it. After, especially after we just saw dudes like uh, Sheldon Rankins and you know so many guys come out of Louisville that were right there in that wheelhouse and all oh, they just got drafted. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about, man? Crazy. Glad yeah, that you took him off our hands. That was Based something that 90. I was
0: definitely critical of Brian Brown defenses about is the is the small lineman and Douglas Harrison mentioned uh, you know a little bit ago in, in the comments. It's nice to be bigger on the defensive line. Of course, we got to get land those guys still too. But uh, definitely, the change in philosophy is, is welcomed by me, uh, and I know most yeah. most other folks in Cardination as well. Uh, because I just didn't think long term that was a winning strategy
2: uh, to go after the. You got to be guys. big and you got to be big and fast. You can't yeah. just be fast. You got to be big and fast, which means so, you got to okay. elevate your game and shoot for the stars. You know, maybe land a guy that can be an instant impact pretty early on. You know, land somebody that's highly touted and then go and recruit guys that you can, uh, you know, sit for a year or two, put some weight on, get their bodies, their bodies college ready, improve their strength. And then, you know, then go from there. You know, but we just I think they had finally kind of figured it out there at the end. But it was just like, God, what you should have known that that wasn't going to work here like it worked at App State It was annoying.
3: Slow feet don't eat. Mike,
1: Mike. thank you. Leave the show a like and subscribe. Thank you very much. I agree. Uh, That being said, if Big Cam, I don't know. I don't know why I feel good. This is probably absolutely ridiculous. It's probably like, hey, he's visiting us a lot. But I don't know. You know, you got Zach Soskin on your team. Team Soskin, he's – him and those boys have done work, by the way. Zach Soskin, you probably don't have time to watch this, much less watch it. But if you do, we appreciate you, my brother. But uh, we – Big Cam, if he commits here, I am going to be intolerably obnoxious. Like, do y'all, you all, if anybody was on Twitter when I had a video go mini viral, I'm the dude when Reuben Owens committed, and I don't want to talk about him decommitting. I'm talking about right after he committed, I, sh- I blasted my shotgun out in the field. I live out in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's dead bodies everywhere. You would never know it out here. No, there's really not. But I will be even more vulnerable than I was when Ruben Owens <laughs> committed because as generational of a talent as he is, something about defensive freaks, and we already have TJ Capers, which I almost got obnoxious then. But it's it's like if we if we add this guy and, and God forbid, if we add Cameron Beavers, oh my goodness, like I'll really? probably get arrested. I'll get are arrested getting, for doing something are stupid.
3: We, are we gonna get Again? a gun salute? Again? Again, <laughs> <laughs> hey Ty
1: says TJ Capers will go down as the best two star recruit of all time by the time on three is done with him.
3: He's already dropped like top 50, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, that's actually on 247, I believe. But uh, yeah, they said they, I heard, they, they uh, explained I heard, that away. They said they I heard uh, Ethan,
2: Ethan's, uh, Ethan's co star, uh, co host with them called him off three earlier. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Connor answer that question.
3: Yes. One word. Yes. Okay.
1: Good. So
3: based on my conversation last so night So for for the,
1: for the yeah. listeners, it says, did you get the vibe that the players are already more confident under Brom? And Connor says yes, and Connor knows at least one of the players has a personal well relationship with
0: several. So. so.
1: All right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking at this list of guys. And, I, I mean, obviously, also we have uh, Isaac Brown, TJ Capers are supposed to visit this week if they didn't already. And they are committed. And those are two very good players, obviously. And then there's guys that just keep popping up. Like, I mean, the guy that Jody, some four-star tank tight end slash linebacker. I don't even there's, know who, what's his name. You there, was there was another
3: D lineman. There was the tank kid.
1: The Tank Kid, which I think he's just making his rounds. To be honest, it doesn't sound sounds like Ohio State's his favor, and people are saying that after he visited Louisville, even and he was posting UK stuff uh, two days before his visit. Yeah, he so. ain't
3: coming here, but yeah,
1: but, but it's good. It's good to have your company. I hope uh, L and M eats got you some good food.
3: Tank
2: uh, <laughs> Hank Booker, that's his name. Tank Hank, Booker, Hank six six four three twenty. Like that's. Those are, those are the recruiting, those are the recruiting circles you need to be in. Like when you're going against, when you're going against the dudes that are in the playoffs every year for players, that's where you want to be. Okay. That's where you want to be. And yeah, you might not get all those guys, but if you don't like try, you're never going to get them. You know, you, 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 you know, you miss all the shots that you don't take. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's who we need. That's
3: that. If we want to shoot our shot with Arch Manning last year with Jeff, if he was here, go for it.
1: Couch House asks, where can we purchase the third banner merge? And my answer <laughs> would be it's on a NSFW site and it's very provocative and you're going to show a lot of skin <laughs> So uh, we'd have to talk off record about
2: that. And those initials are HS. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of a Kraken? (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Uh, So we do have some women's basketball talk. I know a lot of people have talked about Haley Van Lith and uh, how we played and then the ending to that game. Jeff Walls, his interview. So, a lot of people have already talked about it. But we'll, we could touch on that. I, I did not see a lot of the game. Uh, horns down, for sure. Uh, apparently, I saw the very beginning, and we just kept pounding it inside. And it it looked it appears that we, from start to finish, dominated that game. I was watching. We were definitely dominating the beginning of the game. And, Connor, I know you watched he, the entire no. game. So, what were your thoughts?
3: So, I actually texted my basketball coach this during the game at halftime. When Jeff came in and put the two bigs in to run the horn set off the two bigs, instead of just having Cochran in there or just having Liz in there, it changed. That's when the flip, that's when the switch flipped and we went up 15 and then didn't look back from there. And then the third quarter is usually where we, you know, coast and the fourth quarter's shit show. And then something in the third quarter it just it flipped again and we went up 30. And then the, we were starting the rest kids, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff, but like when he put in the two bigs to run the horn set to get Haley open to get her shot it changed Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I mean, and, you know, uh, you know, maybe Morris should have been mad at her coach for like not going small ball and, you know, trying to run us out of that, you know, because, you know, when I see teams go big, I mean, we've been we've been programmed to see I don't want to see program, but we've been known to see that going small you can make that that advantage a disadvantage you know i'm saying hell even jeff has employed that in the past when we've played uconn or you know we've played tennessee in the past like go small run up and down get out in transition and they didn't they didn't do that you know and i I, they didn't shoot particularly well either so it's kind of hard to uh it's kind of hard to implement that when you're having an off shooting night if you're texas but you know Go cry me a river. You know, yeah. I, I'm everything's
3: bigger in Texas. Crybaby attitudes apparently are too. So, uh, not to go back to football recruiting, but we had a top 50 2025 prospect on campus today, too.
1: That's good. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I. I'm. I'm the guy who doesn't look at recruiting beyond the next year. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't well, either. He's a, he's I have to watch film on all these, but that's great news. That
3: is. He's a top fifty safety linebacker combo. Cool. Good. From, good news. But from. Mississippi. Killing it.
1: To get back to the Van the HVL post game, interesting thing. I just she she's a dog, man. She 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 has the mama mentality. I, I know some a lot of people claim that they uh, were mentored by Kobe Bryant before his unfortunate passing, but she is one that he spent a ton of time around, and you just see it in her, man. I mean, I'll, I'm gonna be honest. She's on our team, so you love to see it. I would hate her if she was not if, <laughs> I would hate her. I'd hate her and hey, that's, man. That's kind of how a lot of people felt about Kobe. Like She seems crazy, like baby. one of
2: Muffet McGraw's old players, honestly. I, I'm right yeah. there with you. If she wasn't on your team, she'd be a pain in your in your side, man. Like But she, it's
1: not for anything out of character. She well, I mean, she may say some things. I don't know. That supposedly she's fiery
2: she, as hell. But I she's mean got she's got fire.
1: I think yeah. it's I don't think she has a mean bone in her body as far as wishing any harm. I think, though, that when she's on the court, she wants to kill you in a basketball sense, in a competitive sense. And those kind of players, man, like when they're on your team, you're all about them. She would drive me absolutely yeah. crazy as an opposing fan and as an opposing yeah. player. So it's not that I think that the opposing players should have done what she did, but I can see how it happened.
3: I so I can't. Her. I don't know 100 percent what she said, but oh, either either the girl called <laughs> her the honorable mention, or she said, "Call me a bitch again, and I'll kick your ass." Something. It
2: was. It was the second one. I I've leaned towards the second one. The more you watch the video, I, I think mean, I
1: do now too.
2: Yeah, and you know, I I don't know if HBL's got hands, you know, but I do know.
3: Macasa
2: does. <laughs> yeah, Mikasa was right there, and Mikasa would handle business. I have no doubt about that. You know, Macasa gives me that Sam Furig vibe. Like you definitely don't want that smoke with players like that. So, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, HBL, she would not back down. One hundred percent, she wouldn't. But it, you know, I was glad to see. I was glad to see that our players were like right there, uh, in the line, and be like, hold, hold up, hold up like what what's going on here? you know, like old girl was trying to take a oh girl was real salty man Morris was salty man she, she lost was...
3: by a combined like seventy points in the two games that she played game <laughs> game
1: and and yeah. how about Jeff wall Jeff walls in the post game he's taken a lot of grief this year because he's had some transfers go out he's had some people that didn't want to wait for his system to be put into place they didn't make it through the hard times. And a lot of us fans were questioning, you know, is he really still all in for it? Is something going yeah. on behind on the screen? decline? He walked up that podium like he was Ric Flair in his prime, just whoo. He was <laughs> ready for it, man. He was styling he was. and profiling. He yeah. absolutely was like, he could not wait. I don't care what anybody, he could not wait to get up to that podium. And look yeah, at he all was- those Texas journalists. He, he was ready for it. And they were, that was the funniest part as those Texas journalists are like, Oh, well, how come you guys think you are so much better than our guys? And he was like, "Let me tell you something, big guy." <laughs> and I just, yeah. I loved it, man. I just love Jeff Walls, man. He's a beast.
2: Hey, dude, yeah, he, he knew something. exactly, he knew exactly what was going to come in that press conference. And you know, he to 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 tie the Ric Flair and the Texas all together. He's like, "Son, it's getting hard, it's getting hard to hold these alligator boots down." You know what I mean? Like he was like, he was. I eat Jeff was filling himself at that press he conference was. and I'm and you know, that, that is a type of leadership. Like I think that these, these girls feed off of that, man. I think that they really do. I think at, at times this year, that's kind of been missing. Like we just ain't had that moxie and that, that flair that we've seen from some of the, you know, the past great Jeff walls teams that we've come to know, but it sure seems like, you know, that they're, They're finding it now. And like, like Jeff said, he's like, you know, you know, our team isn't built to, you know, win tournaments where we win three, four games and four, three, four days and blah, blah, blah. But we know how to get our girls ready to, to play and win at the biggest times. And I there's no way that you can dispute that, like his record and resume speaks for itself.
3: So yeah. there's two things that he said, one during his presser, what, what was that Monday? Um, They asked how he like kept the crowd silent. And he said, we kept all of them silent except that one jackass behind our bench. And, <laughs> and somebody said, can you elaborate? And he said, I'll just call him a jackass because I don't think my AD will like that.
1: <laughs> that was great.
3: And, it was great. Then, yeah. And then I think today somebody asked him how he feels about, like, people saying this year's a failure, blah, blah, blah. We lost 10 or 11 games or whatever. And he said, it's not a failure. We're still playing. Yeah, absolutely. He was
1: ready for that question. He was. That's the one he wanted.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I, I love Jeff's fire, man. I love it so much. I hope that, you know, Jeff hangs it up here. And you know, I, I hope Jeff never leaves. We have it so good with Jeff Walls. Like we don't realize how good we have it. And you know, yeah, this this year was rough compared to the standards that he set. You know, he's made he's made those standards. Like women's basketball was nothing before he got here. It just wasn't. You know, it wasn't an emphasis. Um, you know, we all have, we all know why that is and where that came from. We don't have to talk about that, but Jeff Walls, uh, is our guy and I hope he's forever our guy because man, he is, it's, you can't say it enough. If you have never been to a women's basketball game down in the yum, I don't know what you're doing. Like I really don't like you're you're falling into. I have to just believe that you're falling into old stereotypes. You're probably the type of fan that would absolutely love it more than anybody if you went and watched it, because it is quite. It's quite an experience. It's quite an atmosphere. It's it's fun, man. It is. I. It is such a great time, and I love watching our women's teams. You know, I, I really do. It's I do have to honest. point out one
0: thing though. Like I know you said that uh you gave a lot of accolades for Jeff Walls, uh, and he deserves every single one of them for, for what he's done. Uh, but I do have to say that Tom Collin did a lot for U of L women's basketball uh prior to him. He's kind of like the 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 Dromo or the Peck Hickman uh and yeah. if you want to reference you know the men's team. Uh because Tom Collin actually brought that that program up a long way. Uh and they were you know, a fringe NCAA contender every year. Um, and he's actually the one that recruited Angel McCautry to U L. Um, he was. And w- without Angel, who knows how Jeff's tenure starts. Um, and we actually got gift-wrapped, uh, Tom Collin, you know, through a, a snafu. And I can't remember where his alma mater. I'm just spacing. Um, but he actually – if you guys don't know the story, Tom Collin basically came to U L because he had accepted, I believe it was the Vanderbilt job. Um, but then there was a snafu where his alma mater said that he didn't graduate. He ended up suing them and winning a lawsuit because he was able to prove that he did graduate. Um, and so that's how he ended up at U of L, and U of L kind of benefited from that little snafu. Um, yeah, sorry to, to derail the topic a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to point Not out Colin did a all. really good job with our women's basketball program uh, before moving on. Um, and Jeff, you know inherited Angel McCautry and just took off from there, kind of like Denny took over the the John Dromo program uh, on the men's side and just elevated it even further. Um, and, and there's two players that should have statues outside the Yum Center, in my opinion, one being Daryl Griffith and the other being Angel McCautry.
3: Absolutely. And, and if you've never been to a women's game at the Yum Center, it's the complete opposite of a men's game. People are actually in the lower bowl standing up. They're <laughs> cheering. It's loud. They're not sitting on their hands golf clapping.
2: It's, it is, it is, it is made for the, the, the fans. I mean, it's the, it's one of the best U of L experiences that you could ever attend uh, as a sports fan. Um, And, you know, so I, that's all I say about that. Uh, Like I said, I I hope that, I hope that Jeff is our coach forever. I think, I hope he's our forever coach until he hangs it up. Um, Ty uh, in the chat there, uh, I would rather love second rate chicken, uh, fried chicken restaurants than lo- you know love uh, fifth uh, grade level uh, cafeteria chicken restaurants where they fry their chicken and water. Um, Canes is terrible trash. Sorry. Um, you want, you know? Ronin, Mike, uh, we can t- only
1: dream. Wrote, Canes wrote, is good. I love Tyrod. I love Jeff Walls as much as Connor and Ross love second rate fried chicken restaurants. So, uh, Ty is and Ty's a big Raising Cane's fan. We have this debate in Discord all the time. A lot of people don't like it, but then there's hardcore fanatics. He probably thinks water's spicy. I have no opinion.
3: I will Shout, say out indies. Shout out Indies. Everybody go to Indies. Yeah. But
1: nobody, nobody indies loves don't Raisin deliver Canes. to Austin. Nobody loves Raising Cane's as much as Ash loves baseball. So I know he's got a lot to talk about with baseball.
0: Um, you know, I don't have too much to talk about, uh, okay, you know, other much. than the fact that, you know, we <laughs> took two out of three uh, from the opening weekend against Georgia Tech. Uh, overall, I was a little disappointed in our overall pitching and defense this weekend. Uh, I thought we struggled at times, you know, fielding the ball, uh, had a lot of miscues in, in the field, in my opinion. Um, I will say that Hawks absolutely shoved for five innings on Friday night before he kind of ran out of gas uh in, in the sixth inning and couldn't get out of the inning there uh but overall you know we a win's a win uh, we were able to take two out of three from a decent, pretty decent Georgia Tech team uh, so nothing to be ashamed of there uh, we got the win last night over uh, Western
3: um and we dropped we like got, 17 yesterday what's that 15 15 15 12.
0: Um, and then we've got Notre Dame coming up this weekend. So uh, that should be we should take the series against them. You know, Notre Dame's coming in 10 and eight, so barely over 500. So the cards should pick up another series win this weekend in the ACC play. I'm um, so excited about that and, and the way our guys are hitting the ball. I, I think that you know you can't be disappointed the way with the way the sticks are, are, are you know playing right now. Uh, just need to be a little more focused in the field. Can't be booting the ball around uh, the field and, and making poor throws and decisions out there uh, like we did this this past weekend.
2: Um, I will say that I, 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 I agree with you, uh, Ash, and a lot of what you're saying. I will say though, that the staples uh, that are making that make this program successful under McDonald and the strong points of this team this year. Um, once again, we're very aggressive on the bases, you know, yeah. uh, I think we're, you know, top tier in the nation as far as, um, you know, stealing bases and getting extra bases. Um, you know, I, I think that that's been on full display this whole time. Um, you know, we've continued to bat guys around, um, Logan Beard's continuing to really show out um yeah,
0: Logan had a really good series
2: he did and uh you know he was a guy I mentioned the last time I was on the pod about a week ago or so you know about um when we were coming out of the Dayton series about how well he had been playing especially at you know at the plate um you know and I I just think that there's a lot of young bats there and um, you know, I I think there's a lot to be excited about this team. Again, you know, you mentioned the pitching um, and, you know, how maybe we kind of struggled a little bit. Um, we were talking, you know, before the podcast started. But once again, you know, one of the question marks about this team has been, you know, how is the how's the bullpen going to be? How's the relief pitching going to be? And once again, you know, we've got rally Phillips and Coger and uh, guys like that uh, yesterday coming in and just pitching lights out and uh, getting us out of jams. And uh, it's opening up opportunities for those bats to come through, you know, when you're pitching, you know, you know, shutout innings and getting, you know, knocking guys down. Um, so, uh, you know, I think uh, – what's his name? Uh, how do you say his last name? Danawicks or – who am I talking I'm about? I'm not
0: sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him, him, and and uh, oh, carpet is it Carpenter? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Cameron Robinson, yeah. you know, came in and closed it out yesterday, and uh, you know, I, I just, I, I love, I love the way that this team is really shaping up. Uh, you know, Western Kentucky has some guys that can really hit. And, um, you know, they took the lead in the sixth. I think it was maybe the fifth or the sixth. They took the lead. And, you know, we had Raleigh Phillips uh, come in, uh, have a good outing. He ended up getting the win last night. And uh, then you had uh, Coger come in. And I can't remember how many he he put down. They struck out. But he just came out and played really well, too. So, um, you know, and that gave us the opportunity in two straight innings to where, you know, the bats just got loose for us. We put up nine runs in the sixth and the seventh inning, you know, and it just – it was game over after that. So, um, I don't think we can undersell – you know, I, I baseball is one of those games we all know. Like, you're going to have off days, but if you can find ways to win in those off days, man, it's – you know, pitching how you do it. And I'm liking – you know, the the bullpen wasn't great yesterday per se – but when we needed it to be, when it got tight, they really came through. So um, you had Will uh, – what's his name? Scott yesterday, like, drilled, like, a 450-foot home run yesterday. His first of the year. Um, I mean, it was a moonshot, man. It was way out there. So, um, you know, I I, I like the way that the baseball team's shaping up. I Like I said a week ago – you might, if you're a baseball fan, this you better be looking at Omaha because I I really think that this team's going to go. Uh, they've got it, they've got it all this year. I think this is our most talented team since the COVID year. Um, you again, should have won in Omaha. <laughs> I mean, you, you can never say that, man, because it, it's it's such a different, such a different beast getting there. But I loved our chances. I will say that. You know, I, I yep. loved our chances the way we we stacked up against the competition that year. It just it's a shame we didn't get the chance. So
0: well, I, I do agree know. that this is the best team since. Sorry, Connor, I didn't mean to step on you there, but I do agree that this is the best the best team we've had uh, since 2020. Um, and I'm not trying to sound too down about the the pitching and defense. I just uh, you know I got a little frustrated this weekend. But Hawks, like I said, was lights out for the first you know five innings of that game Friday five innings, night. Yeah. Had seven or eight Ks um, on the hill in, in those five innings, so I mean he pitched pretty well overall. What, yeah, what, I mean, yeah,
2: you mean. know, once, 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 too, you know, like that's just how baseballs become too. You know, once guys, you know, see you for like a third time, they really start to get your timing down. You know, I mean that that's, you know, I've, I, I wish baseball in a way could go back to the way it used to be where you you had you know you had an ace. You had a, you know, you had a setup guy and then you had a closer, you know, but just the game has just changed so much. I think that the, the competition has gotten so much better that as far as hitting and, you know, instruction and everything that um, it, once you see a guy for like the third time, like you've got him. Like most players that are worth the salt, like once you see a pitcher for the first, the, you know, second, third time around, you've, you've got him down, you know, unless that pitcher's just had something that's extremely uh, different, whether it be, you know, their fastball got a lot of movement or, you know, they're, they're, they, they really have a a lot of, um, a lot of movement on their change of pace, you know, their off-speed pitches. So I don't know. I, it just, baseball is so different. Like that's, that's why you see so many pitching changes now. So, but I like, again, I love our,
3: I love our bullpen. Didn't mean to interrupt Connor, go ahead. So I have a funny baseball story. Um, what year? What year did we go to Omaha after we played East Carolina? Was that nineteen? I don't know. I th- I think it was eighteen or nineteen. Um, so I was at that game, and after the game, I was with a friend that just happened to be going to U of L at the time and knew all the players. And that house right across the street from the stadium. Um. I think it's white. I could be wrong. But that's where all the parents and all the kids partied after the game. And we went over there after the game, after we one hit East Carolina and won by, you know, 12 runs or whatever it was. And Jake Snyder's drunk uncle looked right at me and said, if you can get over the Mississippi River and you're coming to Omaha, you can stay at my farm in Iowa. And I'm like, dude, I've never met you before, but you're just going to let me stay at your farm? Cool. Needless to say, that didn't happen because I was, you know, like 19 and didn't have the I money. I was 12. To- <laughs> yeah, I was I was 19 and didn't have the money to just pick up and go to Omaha next week. But it was it was a it's a funny story to look back on, not knowing a dude, and he's just like, hey. You're a Louisville fan. You want to come to Omaha and stay at my farm,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? But anyway, uh, that that's been uh, it's been a good show tonight, guys. I appreciate you all uh, for watching, Uh, everybody out there. uh, Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, and have your notifications turned on so that you get the alerts whenever we're going to go live. Um, Before we wrap it up tonight, any last words, Connor?
3: I uh April 21st can't come fast enough. If y'all don't know what that is, that's the spring game.
2: Yeah. That's that's where I'm at too, man. Uh yeah. you know, I I know we hit on uh college basketball recruiting uh a lot tonight. I am a football first guy, always will be. I'm I'm I can't I'm stupid excited for football. Um you know, I just uh I It's it is a good time for U of L fans. We got a great baseball team. We've got our guy Brom home. Um, You know we we had another uh, really good uh, addition to the staff um, with uh, oh is it uh, Kelly Chip 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 Long. Long yeah Chip Long joining the staff. He's a former uh offensive coordinator that joined that used to be the offensive coordinator at uh, Georgia Tech and he's also had experience at Notre Dame oh, and yeah. Philadelphia Eagles as well, I believe. Um, you know, that's that's a good uh that's a good addition and something you look forward to maybe in a year or two, you know, if a player if a coach moves on somewhere, you could promote a guy like that up. You keep a guy like that, you know. So, football's got a lot of positive. Football's got a lot
3: of positive momentum. So that's debatable on Chip Long, from what I've heard, Um, (laughs) from a source that's known nationally. He's been he's heard horror stories about Chip Long. Well,
1: he's he's in a smaller role, so uh,
3: there's a reason. Hey,
1: football is in the right analyst role. It's fine.
2: All right. Well, so we're I rehabilitating appreciate- his career. Yes.
1: Yeah. I I uh I appreciate talking to you gentlemen tonight. I think we're gonna have to wrap it up.
2: Man, it's always it's always a good time. Yeah, uh, you know, if you've been around for this past hour and a half, thanks for listening, guys. Uh as I always say, go cards, go Kroger baby.
0: <laughs> yep. Go cards. Join us next time, guys. Thank you.